Welcome to Be All You Are, a midlife awakening podcast. I'm your host, Kena Paranjape, the founder of All You Are, a women's lifestyle brand, an entrepreneur, writer, and mother. This podcast is all about stepping into All You Are. It's about reconnecting to your inner voice so you can hear the whispers of your true desires and cultivate the courage to create the life that is meant for you. Your dreams are your soul's voice. They are worth your time and attention. Now head out on that solo walk or settle into a cozy spot with a favorite beverage and join me. I can't wait to meet you. Welcome to another episode of Be All You Are, a Midlife Awakening podcast. Today we have our first guest, and my heart is so full because she is a soul sister, as we call each other, and it is just pure pleasure to have her on my show. Alyssa Kerbel is the founder of Mini Miosh, an organic cotton clothing line for kids, and more recently, adults as well. Alyssa started Mini Miosh as a side hustle over 14 years ago and has grown it into a thriving business that gives back to our community in so many ways. Alyssa is also a mother, a wife, and a generous, loving, soul-expanding friend. But today, we're not here to talk with Alyssa Kerbel, the entrepreneur. We are here to talk with Alyssa Kerbel, the woman. So without further ado, I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Alyssa. All right. Alyssa, <laughs> I'm so happy you are here as my very first podcast guest. I was actually telling somebody today that we've only been friends for about seven years, but I feel like we went deep really fast. <laughs> we did. We went deep, deep and heavy very early on, which, you know, is, is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I don't like to keep it surface, you know. No, exactly. And, and you know what? I was telling another friend that um, I feel like because she had said something like, you know, we've been holding hands along this this journey of transformation um, over the last five or six years that we've all all sort of been going on together. But what I said to her was, it feels more than just that we've been holding hands. I feel like you have been a part of the transformation, meaning like, I don't know that my transformation journey would have happened the way it had if it weren't for you. Like I can actually think of pivotal moments where you said something to me that sort of woke me up or um, really made me pause and think and change course over time. So um, it's so special to me that you are one of my first guests. Thank you. I'm honored, honored to be here with you today and just grateful for our friendship. And also, I just have to say, I am so, so proud of you for the work that you are doing and continue to do and how the fact that you're even launching this podcast, like all of the things that you have spoken about and you've shared with me and your intention, I have slowly watched everything that you have said you've wanted to do and create in the world show up. You're doing it. You're walking the walk. And it's truly inspiring and beautiful to see. And I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm so happy to be a part of this um, and be your first guest. Thank you, Alyssa. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to get into it because I feel like I could, we could easily just have a conversation and record it. And that would probably also be very interesting. And maybe we need to do that 
for next time. <laughs> um, but I do have some questions that I want to ask you because I want my audience to get to know you, Alyssa, the founder of Mini Miosh, but so much more. You are so much more. Um, and so I want to start actually uh, going quite a ways back to when you were a young child. And I love hearing about what people were like at, when they were kids. And I don't even think I've ever asked you this question um, because it's, it's interesting to see how much of that early personality is still within you today, um, sort of like your inherent essence and your nature. So tell me if you can remember what you can remember, what you were like when you were a young child. So interestingly, I, I don't have a lot of memories um, or I, I, I didn't have a lot of, I've started to get memory back from my childhood, but I, I, I'm one of those people that doesn't have a lot of concrete memories of mm -hmm. my sort of early childhood years. Um, but I would say that like, you know, some of the things that I know about myself from early on that still, I think are very much a part of who I am um, today as an adult is that I... I just said, I, I, somebody asked me recently, what's a fun fact about yourself that nobody would know unless they told you? And, and I couldn't, I always hate those questions, but I was like, as a child, uh, as a young child, I used to change clothes like 15 times a day. I've always loved clothes and fashion. <laughs> I used to change my outfit like multiple times a day. I drove my mom totally crazy. Um, but that was the thing about me as a kid um, that I loved clothes and, and trying on clothes and all of that. That's um, part of, you know, been a big part of my career and part of mm -hmm. probably why, you know, created the, the brand that I have today. Mm -hmm. um, I've always loved people. I'm an only child. Mm -hmm. um, so I did spend a lot of time on my own as a child. And I, I did not like that. I was a child who was like, always like, who can come over? I want a friend over. I want a friend sleeping over. Like I did not enjoy being on my own. Mm -hmm. And I loved the company of other people and being around that. And I still do love the company of other people. Mm -hmm. And I get a lot of energy from other people and definitely would consider myself more of an extrovert. And I think that was the case as a child too. I was not really a shy kid. Mm -hmm. um, and generally like didn't have a really hard time kind of meeting and connecting and making friends. And I feel like that's a gift that I still kind of have now is the ability to kind of meet and connect with people and, um, and feel that pretty early on. Um, I was very active. My mom would say how I didn't, I could not sit still. <laughs> Probably had ADD, ADHD. I've never been diagnosed, you know, tested or, mm -hmm. or anything for that, but I would say I, I think I have a lot of the sort of symptoms of that in that, you know, I probably have trouble focusing and staying on track and have a lot of different ideas and I'm kind of all over the place and a lot of energy and have been that way also um, since I was a young child, had a lot of report cards of like, Alyssa, that needs to not talk so much and <laughs> Alyssa needs to focus more. And that was a reoccurring theme that probably is still, if I was getting report cards today, would show up. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say those are kind of the, the ones that stand out the most to me as a kid that mm -hmm. still feel very much um, aligned to like the person I am now as a 47 year old. Yeah. And I mean, I've only known you in our forties and I can attest to all of those things. So that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely held on to your roots there. 
Yeah. That's the nature. That's the nature versus nurture. Yes, I feel like exactly. that's just like nature, like who you are from the get-go is like you come out of the womb a certain way. And I think obviously yeah. the nurture part is a huge, is plays a huge role in who we become. But I do believe that there are just certain things that are ingrained in, in our DNA from the beginning. Yeah. And when you think about all of those things, how they are actually gifts that you unpacked and then you gave to others, right? Like you're connecting with other people. It was, it may have felt like something you're doing for yourself, but you have brought so much to other people through, you know, that inclination to connect and to go deeper. Um, and same thing, obviously with your love of fashion, you've created brands that, you know, bring that to others and through your other businesses as well. Um, so it's interesting how the things that we gravitate towards as kids can actually really blossom into gifts if we, you know, allow them to. It, totally. And, and that's an interesting kind of thing in terms of this idea of stepping into all we are as adults. Mm -hmm. I realize that a lot of the traits, um, these traits, even the ones I just described, that showed up for me as a child are actually related to like my gift. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and mm -hmm. when you're thinking about, you know, your, your unique gift or ability, cause I mm -hmm. am a big believer that we are all born with our specific unique gifts and abilities. Mm -hmm. They show up early, you know, yeah. they tend to show up early as kids. And so, you know, that ability to connect and build relationships and, and connect with other people. That's, I think one of my unique gifts and abilities, the energy and that sort of, um, you know, creation, the, the desire to create and be doing stuff all the mm -hmm. time. Is it part of my DNA? Um, and I feel like that's a big part of why I'm an entrepreneur. Um, and yeah, like, it's just so interesting to look back. Even when actually another thing, when I was a kid, I used to love playing business. I would play business like by <laughs> myself. And like, I had all these different businesses. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And I used to like run library and I had like all, like I had a box with all the little cards and, and people would take them out and I would like find them if they didn't, you know, bring them back on time. And I'd have like all the things, like I would run different types of businesses. So like store and restaurant, like, so even that is interesting when I think back about like, you know, that sort of early entrepreneurial interest. Like I was never the kid that was going to sit down and draw or like do these sort of, like I was always engaged yes. in more of these sort of interactive games or like play, even though I was by myself <laughs> a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's funny. So it's, it's so obvious how your um, gifts and natural talents sort of blossomed into the companies that you created and really like the life that you created, you know, the people around you and your family and all of those things. Um, and so I, I think there's sort of a clear path to how you became an entrepreneur, but obviously we have talked a lot about how, um, becoming an entrepreneur is like getting on the fast track to personal growth. Like literally, if you want to grow, you, <laughs> you decide to become an entrepreneur and then you will grow whether you like it or not. Um, how, can you tell us about how your entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey has pushed you outside of your comfort zone? <laughs> I mean, I think that like, yes, a hundred percent in terms of like, if you like, it's, 
grow, I believe that, you know, our, our biggest growth happens outside of our comfort zone. And when you're an entrepreneur, you're living outside your comfort zone most of the time because you are constantly doing things and having to figure things out that you don't know how to do. <laughs> Even going back to the conversation we were having just prior to our starting our podcast, you know, mm -hmm. I want, I have a desire to start to create something new and I have really no idea how to do it. And yet I have a strong desire mm -hmm. to do it. So it's now a matter of, am I willing to figure it out? Am I mm -hmm. willing to do the things to figure it out? And I think that that throughout my entire um, entrepreneurial journey has been like, it, it's constantly out of the comfort zone because as you're growing and as you're growing a business, it there's always levels of like, I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do this. And it's when you're doing things that you've never done before, it quite often feels really uncomfortable. There's so much self-doubt. There's so much like, I don't know who am I to be even doing this right now. And yet I think the, you know, beautiful thing about it is that as you are doing it and figuring it out, you are building confidence and you're building that sort of like base level of, oh, okay, now I know how to do that thing. And you're just getting more and more so that like you start to realize that, um, being out of your comfort zone, whether it's opening a store for the first time, launching a website for the first time, launching a podcast that you've never done. All of it is out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's totally new. We've never mm -hmm. done it before. And yet, um, you know, that's where the fun, the excitement, um, a lot of the energy and the joy comes from at the end of the day is that sense of accomplishment of learning, growing, doing something. and. Um, you know, gaining confidence in mm -hmm. your ability to continue to push and feel more comfortable in your comfort zone, out of your comfort zone. <laughs> That's a thing. I always say your comfort zone is actually not that comfortable because it's boring. <laughs> it's boring. Oh my gosh, that is so true. And I was, I was actually going to ask you, um, and I think you actually did touch on it just now, but I was going to ask you, how do you get more comfortable outside of your comfort zone? Because you're right. Like you're like, I think, you know, your comfort zone is boring and, um, and, but yet going outside of your comfort zone for a lot of people is too scary. Right. And so that's why they don't, they just stay in the boredom versus, you know, leaping in or even tiptoeing into a little bit of scary. But I also think that when you're an entrepreneur, you, as you said, it's, you're just constantly outside of your comfort zone. Like you may get a little comfortable and then you have to go to the next thing and you're uncomfortable again. How have you, or how do you um, manage all that comfort within, you know, pushing past your comfort zone? So I guess, you know, the thing for me is that the, the comfort zone piece is always like most things that we're kind of butting up against continually is always related to fear, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's just like scare, you're scared mm -hmm. to do whatever it is, is really what the thing is. It's like, I'm scared to do this. And there's, you know, a whole bunch of reasons why you're scared. Um, and so something that I sort of have put into practice over time is this like three question, three questions. Mm -hmm. So like that I ask myself when I'm sort of butting up against that comfort zone fear mm -hmm. space. So the first question is, what am I really afraid of? 
And I answer it. Like, I'm afraid that I'm going to fail. I'm afraid that I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm afraid that like people are going to judge me. I'm afraid that, you know, I'm going to lose money. I'm afraid that um, I'm going to waste my time. Whatever it is, there's a long list usually. It's like, there's a lot of legitimate fears there, right? Mm -hmm. And then the second question is, so what? You know, so what if you lose money? Are you really going to be destitute and on the street? Mm -hmm. Is it that much money? Is it going to put you out of business completely? So what if people laugh and judge? Like people, it doesn't matter. Like I answer that question legitimately. Like all of the things that I've listed, I then go back and say, so what? So what if that happens? Like, is it really that big a deal? And then the third question I ask is, what if? What if it's the opposite of the, the fear-based thing? So what if it's amazing? What if it turns out like incredible? What if I actually make money doing it? What if I help a lot of people? What if it feels great doing it? You know, because that is the space that I want to live in is the what if possibility space. And so I feel like that those three questions really help me kind of push past that sort of fear and push in past that comfort zone mentality is like, at the end of the day, you know, what am I really scared of answering that really honestly? Some of those are really legitimate fears. Um, so what if that happens? Like, what is the worst case scenario truly? Yeah. Like, you know, and then what if it happened to turn out the opposite of whatever my worst case scenario is? Yes. And really being like, you know, at that end of the day, that feeling of possibility and excitement around that what if, that's what allows me to step into that possibility with a sense of like, it's going to be okay. Even if it's not okay, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think the other piece of it is that like, just having, you know, pushed myself outside of my comfort zone and been an entrepreneur for so long, it's like truly this idea of, you know, everything truly is a learning experience and everything is happening on your journey that, and it serves a purpose that is so much bigger, even, and especially often the things that feel maybe like the challenges or the failures or the things that don't go as planned. But when you do those things and they don't go as planned and you move through it and you come out the other side of it, you start to build up this sense of like knowing yeah. And a sense of resilience of like, it, it always is okay, even when it doesn't go yes. all, all according to how you thought it was going to go. Yeah. And that it actually served an important piece of your journey. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it needed to happen that way. And so that makes it less scary too, I think, to do the things that are scary because it's like, at the end of the day, if you're called to do it, and it, and even if it doesn't turn out exactly how you hope or planned, it will serve a bigger purpose. Mm -hmm. And it will allow you to grow and learn something that is going to help you on whatever that next part of your journey is. And I know that because I've experienced it over and over. Yeah. I've lived it. Yes, you have. Oh, I love that so much, Alyssa. And I love what you said even prior, which is that it's fun. Because, you know, I feel like um, when I think of my friends that are fun, like capital fun, <laughs> F-U-N, <laughs> you are definitely one of them. And I think that there is also just this sense of adventure in it, right? Like 
we can get bogged down in the fear. And I love that those three questions that you ask, it's so clear about how to like lean into possibility and just step away from fear long enough to lean into the possibility. But I also just love this idea of it being fun to kind of go on these adventures and take that risk, you know, versus just like staying in the corner and, you know, it's feels safe, even though it really isn't. And it's also boring. <laughs> So boring. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I guess like, you know, my, I, I've always, I think to a certain extent, I'm often, I would say not always, I'm often that person who pushes people mm-hmm. to step outside of their comfort zone because I feel like I'm able to see the gift that other people have mm-hmm. to offer the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, what, what they are maybe can't see for themselves or what they're doubting about themselves, I see and believe. And because I've been fortunate to be around so many incredible, you know, and inspiring entrepreneurs and builders and people who are, you know, really living their purpose, I would say, um, I know what's possible when you're living in that space. And like, you know, I want to be living in that space mm-hmm. as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And the only way that we can live in that space is when we do take those risks and mm-hmm. when we do step out of our comfort zone and when we do overcome the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves that are constantly in our mind around like why we can't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it truly is a mental game. You know, it really is. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, okay. I wanted to ask you, uh, a question that I love asking because it usually has a story that goes along with it. (laughs) And that is what's the most powerful lesson that you've learned the hard way? Um, I would probably say it's a lesson that I continue to learn. Um, and it's probably a lesson I will continue to learn my Mm -hmm. entire journey through this life is the ability to trust in myself and, you know, my inner instinct and my inner knowing, Mm -hmm. and it's a really hard thing to do. And it's something that I think is a muscle that we build. I was listening to a podcast episode actually this morning where they were talking a lot about this idea of how you learn to trust. And, you know, the more that we are able to trust that voice, that instinct and build that muscle, because what the more you are able to do it, the more you feel like it just builds and builds and builds. Right. And so what I realized is like every, every, there's so many hard lessons that I've had, but the lesson overall is that when I haven't listened to that Mm -hmm. is when things have always gone off the rails. That is the biggest lesson. It's like when you have the knowing and you you feel it it's a physical feeling it's a nudge it's a or a feeling of anxiousness or it's a feeling of you know whatever it is it shows up physically in the body and when when i've ignored that feeling and i continue to do it mm-hmm. sometimes right <laughs> like that's what i'm saying like this is like a constant learning because mm-hmm. you know 
And I was sharing with you a little bit about this before we started the podcast that, you know, my body currently, the way I, I've become much more in tune with my body over the last couple of years in the sort of work that I've been doing around, you know, healing and my own sort of transformational journey and really being sort of more tapped into that feeling. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's where this trust and knowing um, is being amplified is because that feeling shows up in the body. It's not a mind thing. It's a body sensation thing mm -hmm. that the more that you can tune into your body and be present in your body, which is difficult in this world that we live in where we're pulled in so many different directions and there's so much noise and there's so many people telling us like what we should do or what we, you know, you know, what we should be doing that we're not doing, or, you know, we're comparing ourselves or whatever. There's so much noise. And that, you know, that feeling of like, um, the knowing it only can come from getting quiet and still and present and grounded and being in your body. And then when you're able to be in that space, it's like you hear, that message or you feel that message and then you can make you know decisions from that place which is from a place of trusting you're not questioning it um and that is like this lesson that i've really had to learn like i said the hard way um as an example like when I was opening our store in Los Angeles, like this opportunity came along and it was such an incredible opportunity to expand our brand, to grow our audience, to get more exposure in the US when we were trying to grow that. And I remember, you know, being away on vacation in Italy with my family and I had not yet finalized and committed. And yet I had gone far enough down the road where I felt like I couldn't really go back mm -hmm. on it. And my knowing, my, my feeling, my gut, my intuition told me that this was maybe not the right time to do this, the right way. And yet I didn't listen. And that was an incredible experience and I learned a ton from opening a store in Los Angeles and running that for like two years, which we closed it during the pandemic. Um, but ultimately it also was an extremely difficult and challenging experience mm -hmm. and it took a lot out of me. And that was one of the most clear and obvious times that I did not listen to what I knew. And I was so worried about again, these perceived limitations of like, what are people going to think? You know, can I really go back? I'm so far down this road. It's like, the reality is when you hear that, this is the lesson, when you hear that and you know it, listen, doesn't matter what you have to undo. It doesn't matter what you have to go back on. It doesn't matter if you're disappointing other people. It doesn't matter what people think, because at the end of the day, if you don't listen, you are the one who pays the consequence for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and no. nobody else really cares at that point. <laughs> that is so powerful. Like if I were going to re-listen to anything we've talked about so far, it's just exactly what you just said. So powerful. I, I've had to learn that lesson over and over again. And I'm still learning that lesson over and over again. It's like, it's okay to change your mind. Mm -hmm. 
It's okay to make a different decision. And if you, if something, if your knowing is telling you that that's what you should be doing, then, then that's what you should do. Mm -hmm. That's what you should do. It's what you got to do. Even when it's hard, even when it's scary, even when it's out of your comfort zone. (laughs) Even if it means, yeah, going back on a decision that you feel like you're too far down the path. Yeah. 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 And that's really hard. It makes me think of people who um, get married and they knew that morning of their wedding day or the night before that it wasn't right, but it's, they feel like they've gone too far down and now, you know, (laughs) it happens. It happens all the time because that's the thing. It's like, well, I can't disappoint all these people. All these people are showing up and like, what's the person going to think? But then, but then you're married. Yes. Yes. And, and then you have, to, yes. and then that's your life. And then if you knew, then chances are, then you're going to probably ultimately get divorced. And mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, that is a way worse situation to have to go through than disappointing a bunch of people. Yes. Even though it feels like at the time you yes. can't possibly do that, but that's it's right. just like putting yourself first. Yes. 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 So speaking of connecting to your intuition and your inner voice, what practices do you have that allow you to do that? So the, the biggest practice, um, is, is quiet and stillness. Mm -hmm. Um, so just whether that's meditation, which I try to meditate daily, Mm -hmm. um, it's through that process, like just getting grounded still, even if it's a guided meditation, Um, because it's, again, you know, it's really interesting when you get quiet and still, whether it's sitting in meditation or maybe just going on a walk through nature and it's not about clearing your mind. Like for me, if I'm in that space where I'm feeling uncertain and I need to make a decision or it's like, I'm, you know, saying like, okay, I don't know what's right here. And I basically put out this idea into my mind of like, okay, this is what I'm contemplating. Mm -hmm. And then I get quiet and still, it's like I can tune into what my body's telling me. Is the feeling I'm getting in my body when I think about this constricted, heavy? Is it feeling tight in my chest? Or is it expansive? Is it light? Is it exciting? Is it feel full of possibility? It's like, only then, like, it's like those feel, those, those sentiments feel very different in your body. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like, that intuition and knowing peace comes from. So for me, it's typically like through meditation. Honestly, it can be through movement, like spinning or going to a class where it's like often a like a dark drop in type of environment. A mm-hmm. lot comes through for me in that environment. Being outside in nature, um, I love to go away and remove myself completely from everyone and everything if that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate, honestly. Mm-hmm. And if I have something that I'm grappling with that, you know, I really am struggling to to figure out the way forward or know what is right and what the right way, you know, decision is. I will try to remove myself, even if it's for a day, going outside the city, taking walks in nature, going mm-hmm. to a cafe, journaling by myself, like, so that I'm not like in and out of meetings or with the kids or whatever, because it's difficult. Sometimes I need more than just like a 10 or 15 minute meditation, if depending on what it is. But really, it boils down to quiet and stillness. It's like yeah, that's and the only you know, it's so there. simple, but uh, but 
how many of us actually give ourselves time to be still and quiet. We're busy nonstop. We pack our days. We have an endless to-do list. And most of us don't take the time to be quiet. And even in my groups, my group program, I, you know, there's 10 women on the call and they can't even give themselves 20 minutes to do some journaling. You know, like we just, we are, we are uncomfortable with giving ourselves time to be quiet. It's almost like we're afraid of what's going to come through when we do that. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. It's like a lot of the time, the answers um, that we're looking for might not be the answers we want to hear. Yes. That's, that's definitely an experience I've had, but the alternative, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't. The alternative and you know what? does not the feel good. Is, all we're doing is postponing. That's the thing. Like when we, when we don't listen to ourselves, it's not that it goes away. It just, it gets louder and louder. And, you know, as you said, then it starts to manifest physically because you're not dealing with it. So all you're doing, it's actually very unproductive <laughs> to not listen to yourself. For those, you know, people who are addicted to productivity, which is many of us, um, it's not productive to not give yourself space to listen to your inner voice because when you don't listen, all you're doing is just postponing it and pushing it down the line. Um, and then it's like the pressure gets higher and higher. And then you're like, this, you know, the, the kettle is like, boiling over basically. Well, usually what I feel like happens quite often is that at some point, um, the universe like knocks you over the head. <laughs> if you, depending on what the situation is, the universe will make a decision for you. Yes. <laughs> it's going to force something at some point to happen. You can't, because nobody can ignore something forever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I also think that like the, I used to be one of the people who was like, I can't sit still. I can't mm -hmm. meditate. I can't do this. I can't do that. Like I, I don't have it in me to do it. And, you know, there was really, I, I took a course many years ago in, um, at the center for mindfulness studies. That was like a mindfulness based stress reduction course, which was really an introduction to what mindfulness and meditation really is, mm -hmm. um, which is not, you know, this state of total Zen where you're clearing your mind of all thought, it's really tuning into your body mm -hmm. and, and, and what, and being grounded in the present moment and what is really there mm -hmm. and the ability to learn to do that in today's world is probably like the biggest skill that anyone can develop mm -hmm. because otherwise we're just spinning in circles all the time. We absolutely need to have this time to ourselves to just breathe and get grounded and have a little bit of quiet to be able to feel okay, <laughs> honestly, mm -hmm. on any level, when, especially when we're juggling a million things, it's like that 10 or 15 or 20 minutes or whatever you can carve out for yourself in a day is the most important time of, of my day anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it truly allows me to show up better um, and it's a constant, constant work in progress. Like it's, I, it's the days that I do it, um, I definitely feel better and notice that I show up better and the days that I don't, I don't. Um, and I don't beat myself up about it. It just is a reminder, like, okay, Alyssa, like get up earlier, carve mm -hmm. out the time. Mm -hmm. It is worth it. Yeah. You know, 
and prioritize it. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like that, that stillness, I mean, that's the one lesson that I feel like I've learned in the last number of years as I've been on this particular journey of, I guess, finding what feels good to me mm-hmm. instead of doing all the other things that don't necessarily feel good, mm-hmm. but that feel like they add, make me feel worthy or like I have, you know, some value in this world or whatever it was that would be driving me to do those things, whether they felt good or not. It's just like, now I'm more focused on what feels good. Yes. And that's the perfect segue to my next question, which was around how you shift, how you make the shift to feeling good and to making things feel easier and lighter. So obviously, you know, getting quiet and getting out in nature is one of them, but I know you have some other tools that you lean on to shift your energy so that you can, you know, you can sort of feel empowered to move to this more, more of a state of feeling good. Tell, tell us about that. Well, hands down, you know, um, that movement and music Mm -hmm. is the biggest energy and state shifter for me. Mm -hmm. And that's just my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I am a big believer in music and movement and dance and any like being a really like a quick and easy way to shift energy, mm-hmm. um, no matter who we are, no matter what age, like you throw on a tune while you're like getting ready in the morning, you shift your energy. Mm-hmm. You move your body mm-hmm. for like five, 10 minutes to a couple good songs. You shift your energy, you shift your vibration. And so that to me is the easiest, quickest, um, funnest mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. to do it. Um, and something that I try to be to, to incorporate into like my day every day as much as possible, even if it's just like a couple songs, whatever mm-hmm. that I throw on and move my body to and, you know, doing classes, anything that involves like movement because movement is an energy elevator. Yes. Um, you know, so when we're feeling crappy, it often is that we are just not, we're not we're sedentary. Like the days where I'm sitting at my desk, I'm on my computer. I haven't moved all day. Mm-hmm. I'm on zooms. Like I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't feel good in my body. And I remember like, you know, listening to something or whatever, a podcast where it's just like, okay, you know what? If we just like got up and moved for like 10 minutes in the middle of our day or like moved our body, moved to music, went outside, went for a walk, it is just like a game changer. And yet we don't do it. I don't yes. do it even like half the time. But it is something that's like, we should all just have a reminder in our calendars at like 11 and three, move, get on some music and move for 10 minutes or stretch yeah. your body or get outside and like walk around the block. Like it's like something, you know, yeah, and it, it can really be that does. simple, right? It can be that simple. So I want to challenge everyone listening to schedule in at least one or two really quick movement breaks where you, as Alyssa said, go for a walk or you put on like your favorite song and you dance do something to move your body. Cause it's like you said, we're sedentary and also our energy becomes stagnant. Right. And so we want to get like our energy moving again. You got to get it. And I feel like, especially like when we're in a period of, um, if it's a period of like transition or where we're like stepping into something new or we're trying to build something new, it's like that requires a lot of energy mm-hmm. and we can easily get into like that mindset of doubt and questioning and procrastination and all of those things. So I think 
especially when you're in that zone. I mean, it applies to everybody, but especially if you're in that zone of, of getting something going or trying to build, it's like breaking out that time of the day. I would actually even say like, and I should, I'm going to do this. I'm committing to doing this right now on this call with you, this (laughs) podcast interview, but like setting an alarm Mm -hmm. in my day and trying to make that non-negotiable that it's like Mm -hmm. when that alarm goes off in my schedule, I'm basically, I'm like, okay, I'm moving. I'm either going to go for a walk, I'm going to stretch, or I'm going to like dance for two songs in my day. And just, just, I feel like, you know, I haven't been doing that on a regular basis, so I can't preach it, but I'm going to do it and just see how I feel. Yes. I love that. I love that. Me too. I just wrote, okay. I wrote a note to myself. We're, we're making a pact. Yes, we are. Totally. Da- daily 10 minutes of movement in the middle of the day. Let's try and do it. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. I need to. I definitely need to. I feel like, you know, one of the things that I always like kind of talk about or preach to people when they're trying to develop a new habit is if you can have an accountability partner. So I feel like you and I should be each other's accountability partners, but we should just like quickly text and be like, move them on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like, that's what makes you do it, right? Because otherwise it just just slips and then you feel like you have to do it too. So yeah. anyway. Okay, let's do that. And yes, accountability partner. That's a very good tip as well. Okay, so the podcast is called Be All You Are, a a Midlife Awakening podcast. And as you know, the reason why I called it that was because um, I have so many conversations with women who use the word midlife crisis, right? They say, I think I'm going through midlife crisis because they're questioning things and they're starting to listen to their inner voice or it's getting louder and they're, you know, they can't silence that inner voice anymore. And their response is, I'm having a midlife crisis. And I always say to them, you're actually having a midlife awakening. This is something to celebrate. It's not something to, um, you know, feel bad about or feel like something has gone wrong. It's quite the opposite. And, you know, we just talked a few minutes ago about how we are in our forties, in our mid forties and, um, heading towards late (laughs) forties. Yep. And, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to have real talk on this podcast about what that experience is like, because I have found it to be, um, amazing in so many ways, surprising in other ways, shocking in other ways, depending on, on the, you know, the, the part of the process you're in. But I wanted to ask you how you're experiencing life in your 40s. Um, it's really interesting. Um, I had a cosmic reading this past summer, mm-hmm. last summer. And one of the things that um, the person who did it with me, who I'll give a little plug here, her name's Nina Taylor. She's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so she shared with me that like at 42, there's actually a shift that happens mm-hmm. in us. In, in, in our energy and, in sort of like, so, and that's really, that was really interesting for me to hear because I feel like things did really start to shift for me around 42 and truly, and it's over the last five years that this has, and, 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 you know, I think that there was something really validating about knowing that, that that's like a normal thing that people go through. And there's actually, it's like 29, it's like these specific ages and stages where there's like this sort of significant shift that happens in our world. And, 
you know, in knowing that it's like the ability to embrace that. I think the, you know, the, the challenge that we often face is this great, okay, like, first of all, yes, the term midlife crisis. I mean, I don't think we're in crisis. <laughs> I, you know, I don't like the word crisis at all because it's like, it's not a crisis. We're, we're in a, in a, in a place of questioning. <laughs> we're in a place of curiosity. We're in a place of perhaps, you know, knowing that like there is something more there for us and feeling like I still have a lot of like gas in the tank. Like to me, the age factor mm -hmm. is, should not even factor in, mm -hmm. you know, in fact, I think that as we get older, the amount that we have to give, contribute the, the, the learnings, the wisdom, um, you know, the experiences that we have, have just lent our, lent lent ourselves to the next evolution of our journey mm -hmm. and that, you know, I see it as um, there is like so many fa phases to our journey and that, you know, the ability to embrace that and be open to it instead of resisting it mm -hmm. is sort of the key um, to be able to say like, okay, it's really cool. Like, that's really interesting. I feel like I'm in a very different place now than I was five years ago. And of course I am like, my kids are at a different stage. You know, my business is at a different stage. Like, you know, I've learned a lot. I feel like I've, you know, been opened up to a lot. I've been doing a lot of other type of work and exploration. Like, what do I want to do with this? Mm -hmm. You know, where do I want to take this that feels aligned and congruent to where I am now. And I think, you know, in our, well, for me in my forties, I really feel like I've only truly started to understand and embrace and love who I am. Mm. And my goal at this point in my life is to be able to show up as the most authentic version of myself. To not be malleable and molded to whatever is, you know, happening around me or to what I think people want from me or to what I think society says I'm supposed to be doing. It's like, I, I am really feeling very called to just be listening to what I'm feeling, that inner knowing, and to be exploring that with openness, a sense of love and curiosity and expansion. and to be continually zoning into like, who am I at this stage of my journey and who do I want to, who do I want to be? I get to choose, right? Like I don't have to be the person I was. I get to choose every day how I want to show up and what I want to contribute. And I'm still totally figuring that out on a daily basis. And as uncomfortable as that can be sometimes, that feeling of like in between or not knowing, or I'm in a sh place of shifting and it's uncertain. It also is really beautiful and exciting. And, and I think the more that I'm able to tap into this, like, I know who I want to be and I know who I am at this point, the more I feel like I'm going to be able to move forward on this journey and, and whatever that is for me, creating something new or whatever, from a place of real integrity, of knowing why I'm doing it, of knowing what I want to do. And it's like different because in the past, I feel like 
you know, we did things because we didn't totally know yet, yeah. you know, like we, we, we were doing them because it's like, that's just what you do. Like, yes. whether that's like, you know, going to university or getting that job mm -hmm. or starting that career or getting married or having kids, it's like, this is just what you do. Mm -hmm. And like, we mm -hmm. just keep going. And it's like, but at a certain point in time, I think, and that's the beauty of the forties. I think that quite often hits in the forties of like, but is this just what you do? Yes. Is this actually what I want to do? Yes. Like, maybe not. And maybe that's cool. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's awesome. Maybe mm -hmm. I don't have to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's the exciting and beautiful part of this midlife awakening is the ability to say, you know what? I'm figuring out what I actually really want to do or mm -hmm. I actually want to show up as. And I might not know it 100% in this moment, but I'm wanting to explore. Mm -hmm. And I'm wanting to explore with a sense of openness and curiosity. And I trust that as I do that exploration and, you know, ideally maybe in support in a supported environment like with your program and mm -hmm. and being part of the all you are program that's a perfect example of being able to explore with other people who are also at that similar place of just like knowing and being curious and and feeling like i want to do something else yeah i and i have it in me too yes you know and i have a lot of things to add to this world right now given all of the experience i have and I think being in a, a, you know, a supported environment with that exploration is really important because I think a lot of people in their 40s, women that I've spoken to, start to really have a lot of doubt, yeah. you know, about what their ability is or that they're too old to do this or whatever. And it's like, honestly, no. <laughs> I'm with you. I am with you. Yeah. It's no, it's not. It's not okay. It's really not. It's it's in our heads. Mm -hmm. For the most part, it's in our heads. And, you know, it's 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 a limiting belief. Mm -hmm. And we need people to like kind of shake us out of those limiting beliefs and open us up to it and believe in us and support us through that to give us, you know, the nudge and the confidence to move forward with whatever it is that at the end of the day is is truly there for us. And I was listening, you know, to um, like I said, I, I, I listened to this very interesting, well, I'll tell you, it was a Mel Robbins. I love Mel Robbins. Mm -hmm. I listened to a lot of Mel Robbins, you know mm -hmm. that. And mm -hmm. she was doing an interview with, um, Jamie Learn, Jamie Kern Lima. Oh yes. Yes. Cosmetics mm -hmm. just came out this episode and it was great. It was about finding your purpose. And I loved what she shared about the fact that your purpose does not necessarily have to be your work or career. Mm-hmm. That actually does not have to be, you, you could be doing something that, you know, serves your life in a really meaningful way. Yep. And you could be doing something else that is truly your gift and, and gives you a sense of purpose, joy, a great feeling every day mm -hmm. that is um, contributing to others in a meaningful way. And it doesn't have to be specific to your career. And I just thought that was really beautiful because I think in a way it just takes the pressure off That's right. of this idea of like, what's your purpose? You know, it's just like, yeah. you know, and you got to be, you know, figuring it out and like doing it this way. It's just like, there's so many ways to feel a sense of purpose and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what you said too about um, following a certain path, right? Like we follow sort of this path that's been set out before us. And now we realize maybe that path, you know, isn't bringing us the fulfillment anymore, 
that, or maybe it never did, but at this point, we're really, really at that point, we're ready to say that it doesn't. And I think what gets overwhelming for people is, um, how do I think about what comes next for me? Okay. If it's not this, I know it's not this, but how do I think about where I want to go? So one of the questions I often ask people is what would be your dream vision for a year from now? Like if you could look around at your life one year from now, and it was just the ultimate life and you're filled with joy and enthusiasm and excitement, what would you, what do you see? And a lot of women get scared because they, their answer is, I don't know. I don't know what I see because they've been on this path set out before them. And now they're like, wait a minute, this is too open, too expansive. I don't know where to go. And it feels scary and lonely. Um, how do you think about your vision for the future? Um, how do you sort of think about where you would like your life to evolve? I always go back to how do I want to feel? Yes. You know, I think it can be really overwhelming when you're like, what do you see? Mm -hmm. Because yeah, you know what? You might not see it. Mm -hmm. You might not have the, the vision for it, mm -hmm. but I think it's, it's all, you can always answer the question of how do I want to feel? Mm -hmm. And usually how you want to feel is different potentially than how you're feeling now. Yes. Okay. So for me, you know, I want to feel like I'm doing, like I'm aligned. Like I feel like what I'm doing is aligned for me. That means that it flows. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel constrictive. Mm -hmm. It feels light. Mm -hmm. It feels joyous. It feels energizing. It, I feel a sense of ease in my day to day. Mm -hmm. I don't feel a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I don't feel like trapped. I feel expansive. Mm -hmm. I want to feel a sense of freedom mm -hmm. and I want to feel a sense of excitement and joy about what I'm creating um, and a sense of possibility about what it could be. And, you know, I think when you don't know what that is yet, it's so beautiful to just tap into the feeling of that yes. and, and even meditating in that feeling of possibility of like, this is just what I want to feel. And one of the exercises I did through this process of kind of trying to figure out for myself, you know, what, what might be this next phase and evolution of my journey. Um, because I do feel like, you know, um, I still own and, and Mini Miosh is my baby mm -hmm. and, um, it's a beautiful company. And I feel like I also feel like something is calling mm -hmm. that is, you know, um, perhaps, uh, related to it, but it's in sort of a different space. Mm -hmm. And I've been really struggling with like, again, exactly what is that and how is that? And, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm not sure. I, again, I don't like if somebody said to me, what's your perfect vision for a year? I'd be like, I don't know, but it's like kind of in this space and this is how I feel, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm doing this kind of work and it feels amazing. And this is how I'm showing up every day. Like I can at least zone into that. Mm -hmm. And, but one of the things I did that was really helpful was just really thinking about what I actually did this exercise for myself where I thought back to my previous careers or businesses, especially like back when I first started them, like, and I made these lists of like, what brought me the most energy? Mm. What, what, what did I really love about it in the beginning, especially yes, like what that. was my favorite parts about it? Mm -hmm. What inspired me about it? Where, 
where did I get the, the most excitement and joy out of it? And I made a list. And then I also made a list of like, what didn't I like about it? What with what drained my energy? Mm-hmm. What if I could have not done it at all, what I've taken out of that whole thing? Right. And I did that for like my, I had a previous business before Mini Miosh, mm-hmm. so my agency business that yeah. I ran for like a long time. And then I did it for Mini Miosh, just thinking about like, Again, even when I started Mini Miosh and I still had my agency, there was clearly something missing in my agency life that I felt like I wasn't getting that caused me to then start Mini Miosh while I was still running that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it was like, what was missing that, you know, I wanted to fill that. Getting that clarity in terms of like, what brings me joy? What brings me energy? What did I really love? What did I feel like I was really good at? Where did I feel like I was contributing the most and then doing the opposite? What didn't I like? That was just a really helpful exercise to help me zone in on what are the activities that I enjoy. Yes. It doesn't have to be specific yet to a a job or an industry or whatever. It's just like, getting clear on like, what do I really love to do? And where, where could I see myself being able to do that and, and feeling, you know, and then it's like, I do think there's something really beautiful about once you start to get clear and you, you know, you can start to just build on that of like, you know, I, I love connecting with people. I actually really love sales. If I'm like, passionate about what I'm selling, I can sell and market. I love building brand. Um, I love anything in the wellness space. Mm-hmm. I really love helping and serving people and feeling like I'm, you know, making their life or world better in some way. It's just like, you know, you write down all of these things and then I can start to then just percolate on like, huh, what are all the different possible ways that I could do this type of work yeah. in what industries and in what spaces? Who do I know that maybe might like need help that I could offer some support, even if it's just to dabble? Like it just starts to open up your, you know, world to mm-hmm. what could be possible. And it really zones you in on what you're good at. It reminds you of all the things that really you're good at and that light you up and bring you joy and energy because they're all there. Yes. Yes. It's so true. It's like, you just need to draw them out of you, right? You need to draw them out of you. I love that. I love that. Well, we are actually coming to the end of our chat. I have one last question for you. And then we are probably going to say goodbye and try not to talk for another hour after this, which is what always happens. (laughs) Um, but I'm seeing you next, next week, I think. So yes. Yeah. (laughs) We'll save it for that. We'll save it for that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So my last question for you is what do you think it means to be all you are? Well, in this, like I said, in this current place and state that I'm in and this, in this phase of my journey, being all you are to me means really, you know, stepping in to the person that I believe that I am already mm-hmm. and who I want to be more of. Mm-hmm. Trusting that I have it in me mm-hmm. to to do it to do all the things mm-hmm. that I dream of mm-hmm. truly. Mm-hmm. Um and that you know I'm being supported in that. And um embracing, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly. It's okay. You know, giving myself grace and just like allowing for mistakes and missteps and just, you know, really 
a learning from all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's to me all, all I really truly want to be mm -hmm. at this point mm -hmm. is, is, um, a person who is like willing to live big and to take risks and to step outside their comfort zone and um yeah that's all you are to me i love that and i love that you um use you use the term giving yourself grace because you know especially as an entrepreneur you are we tend to be ambitious and want to get things done and you know, want to see progress and want to be productive and all of those things. But there, there needs to be space for giving ourselves grace, you know, because we are human and we are processing things and we are trying things and we are making mistakes and losing our temper and all of those things, right? While we continue to evolve and grow, um, we are still human. So I think giving ourselves grace is so important. hundred percent. I've actually had to like learn, especially this year, I feel like, or this last year, like, what does that actually mean mm -hmm. to give myself grace? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. what is, what is giving myself grace look like? And it, and it, I realized that it is different depending on what is happening. Yes. It's not one thing. Mm -hmm. It's like giving myself grace could just be me having a conversation with myself. Giving myself grace could be me giving myself some space and time. Like mm -hmm. whatever, it, it's just, what does that, what do I need? Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually the tuning into like, what do you need in this moment to feel yes. good, I think Alyssa. that's the perfect way to describe it. That's it. It's yeah. like showing yourself compassion when you need compassion instead of beating yeah. yourself up, right? Like yeah. it can yeah. show up in different ways, but I think you're right. Like tuning into what you need is is what it is. Yeah. yeah. And there's something interesting. I don't know, like, but I think for me, it's like all you are on some level is like, I automatically on my mind go to like this, more kind of idea, but I actually think all you are can be less, <laughs> you know, too. Like it's more of some things and less of others, yes. or, you know, if that makes sense yes. on some level, mm -hmm. because it, it's not about, you know, being more and doing more and whatever. It's actually about like figuring out what is right for you in this, yes. in, your, in your journey. And, and a lot of the time, I think that's less, <laughs> less of things and taking away and not feeling guilty about doing less and, and feeling truly like we're enough just being, mm -hmm. <laughs> we are truly enough in just the being mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. piece. Mm -hmm. There doesn't need to be an, a doing and an accomplishment. And, and I think truly the, the biggest lesson that I'm learning, I think at this stage of my journey continually is how to feel good just and how to feel like enough just being, you know? Yeah. So a constant battle for me of, you know, that, that sense of, I'm, I'm, I'm only worthy or I'm only, you know, ser serving if I'm doing. And yet I actually have started to understand how it's all, it's in the little things and in the not doing, and then just being who we are and showing up ideally as our best selves. And often that is 
because we're giving us ourselves space and time that we are contributing the most to the world. And it doesn't have to be some big thing. Yes. And I think that question that you said that we should ask ourselves, which is, what do I need right now? I think that helps guide us towards, you know, doing when we, when it's time to do versus, you know, doing because we feel like we're, we're always, we always need to go, go, go. Right. Because it, because doing, we're doing for the sake of doing exactly or, doing versus, be- or versus do it, doing, because guess what it, we need to do right now. It's actually, we're in the mode of doing, of creating. And, and if we ask ourselves what we need, our, like our inner voice is not always going to say, you need to take a nap or you need, to, <laughs> you need to go on vacation. Your inner voice will also say, you need to get shit done, girl. Like sometimes that is what your inner voice says to you. Like get off your butt and stop worrying about this and go make something happen, right? So I think that idea of coming back to what do I need and, and giving yourself the space and quiet is critical. Um, and honestly, if all of us just did that, because it's like everything comes from that. Do I need to move? Do I need to eat a healthy snack? Do I need to take a nap? Do I need to cross off those things on my to-do list that have been there for a week? right? What is it that I need? I feel like that alone would take us so far. Absolutely. I feel like that's the question, you know, to be able to ask. And then once you, cause you've developed that sense of inner trust, mm-hmm. it's like you, it's, it's that it's a different voice answering, right? Yeah. Like it's like the voice of trust of like, yeah, you know what, Alyssa, like take a nap 20 minutes, you'll wake up, feel refreshed. Mm-hmm. And then you can like bang that thing out instead of pushing through. Like I said to someone recently, like, I feel like I don't have the ability to push through anymore. Mm-hmm. Literally. Mm-hmm. That ability to push through everything mm-hmm. has gone away. And I think that's a blessing. It is a blessing. I think that's a blessing. Yeah. And so when I start to feel that like, oh my God, I have to push through. It's like, do you? <laughs> Can you take a beat? Mm-hmm. Like it's self-imposed yes. a lot of the time. Yes. And so it's like, and we're trained. It's it's a very hard habit to break is what I'm realizing. Mm-hmm. Like when we've been ingrained and living a certain way for so long, there's so much guilt and all these other not so great emotions that come up from taking time for ourselves or looking after ourselves or listening to that voice and what we need. Um, and yet, you know, as you actually start to do it more, you do have the ability to realize that it just makes everything so much better and easier when you're, when you're able to do it. Like it really just makes things flow more. And you know, that whole like grinding it out and exhaustion that so many people are struggling with. I mean, it's the answer Yes, is to take the time, Mm -hmm. but got to get over that guilt. Yes. (laughs) Got to get over that mental, (laughs) the mental hurdle that comes for a lot of people. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to wrap things up there. I am so happy that, you know, we did this and that again, you were my first guest and I loved our chat. Like I love all of our chats. We just don't record them all the time (laughs) or ever, but this is our first recorded chat and I'm sure you're going to be on this podcast many times. I I know that already. Um, So thank you so much, Alyssa. I loved our chat too. I'm so grateful for you and just like this time and, you know, the gift to be able to talk to you and reach your audience. I hope that it was helpful for them too. And so 
Thank you. And I'm so excited. I, I'm so excited that I get to be the first one. And you know that I will absolutely happily be back if you will have me. <laughs> of course. You know, you know, I like to talk. So <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Thanks, Alyssa. Bye. Please tell me you took notes. And if you did, could you please send them to me? All kidding aside, that chat with Alyssa was so full of good insight and I don't even want to call it advice. It's more like learnings um, because it's all through the experience of living. And I think that's what I want to focus on for this show is that we at this stage in our lives have lived. And while we may want to change direction or to continue to grow or evolve, we have to also look at what we've experienced so far and assign meaning to all the experiences, both beautiful and challenging that we've been through. And so I really appreciated Alyssa really being vulnerable with us and sharing some of the tools that she uses to navigate um, this journey that we're all on together. I hope that you loved this episode as much as I do and that I will see you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found inspiration and use this podcast to start stepping into all you are. To hear more about the podcast, follow me over on Instagram at Kana underscore all you are. Send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're loving the podcast, I'd be so honored if you'd go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Until next time, remember to keep exploring what it means to be all you are.